Hey y'all, we're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Today we have a special guest, but before we jump in to our guests, we want to do our random discussion as usual. So Donika, can you think of a challenge that you ran from and what were some of the benefits of running from that challenge? Running from a challenge? Yeah. Have you ever like avoided a challenge that you had? Um, I mean, I guess the first thing that comes up is food. Because it's always some type of, you know, oh, no, 30 days, no meat, no bread. Like, oh, yeah, no. I, I would say I run away from those. Because okay. um, I know I can't last. Um, those types of challenges for me are big setup because like I just know I can't I can't do it it's just what it is <laughs> so what are the benefits of running from it um I don't know I mean I guess the benefits is that I figure out different ways to cut back versus eliminate stuff completely okay. which was which is which makes for a more lifestyle change versus a 30-day challenge change oh <laughs> uh, what about you Myra I think my challenge I always run from is like going to work out and I think the benefit is that I get to not work out and I get to lay in bed and be lazy because I like doing that <laughs> hey. Kim what about you do you have something I would say my challenge that I run from um probably hmm. <laughs> um I have to go towards food also <laughs> um running from trying to stop my, I've tried to stop myself from eating the stuff I'm not supposed to eat and the benefit is that I don't gain the weight and it helps me in my running too so nice but then I end up having it later sometimes anyways so. <laughs> break yourself okay uh that was a very interesting uh random discussion Myra as soon as I <laughs> as soon as I heard running and challenge I thought about Kim so let me go ahead and officially introduce Kim, you all. So Kim Crosby is an American paratrack and field athlete who competed at the 2016 Summer Paralympics in the T1300 meters, right? And 400 mm -hmm. meters. She bronze medaled in the 100 meters, setting a personal best. So Kim most definitely knows about challenges <laughs> and running. So um, Kim, let's chat all things about you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found an interest in track? I am, yeah, I, so I started running track in high school and it was all thanks to my brother. Um, I first, let me rewind a little bit. I'm visually impaired. I was born with albinism, which means I don't have any pigment in my hair, skin, and eyes. Um, so I, growing up, I've always been athletic and into sports, thanks to my brother. And when I was in high school, I was running the mile in PE and my brother 
watched me run the mile and he said that I was fast and I should go out for the track team. And first I told him, no, I'm not interested in it. And then when track season came around, I ended up trying it. Still didn't think it was for me, but my parents said, at least go to one meet and see how it works out. So I did, I ended up winning my first 100 meter race and it's been history ever since then. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that just goes to show like a like really strong support system too right like definitely yeah shout out to your brother and to your family and obviously to yourself for listening and going for it mm-hmm. Kim what about your yeah. hobbies what are some like hobbies that you have or like interests that you have uh newly found I at the start of all the quarantine and COVID stuff um <laughs> I taught myself how to crochet. Oh, wow. And my mom has always crocheted. She crocheted my baby blankets. And I tried to learn when I was younger, but I didn't really catch on. But at the start of all this, um, I don't know what how it came to my attention. Probably saw it on Pinterest. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to teach myself how to crochet. So I went to YouTube and ended up learning the basic stitch and then FaceTiming my mom and saying, am I doing this right? Can you help me? (laughs) So crochet has been my latest, uh, (laughs) other than track passion that I've been doing it. I've ever in between track sessions, that's all I've been doing is crocheting. (laughs) That's really cool. Um, so being that this month is Disability Awareness Month, we wanted to ensure that we are creating space to have conversations around disabilities and their impacts on Black women specifically. And I know that Isaac mentioned that often people do not see you as Black, and I wanted to talk more about that. So although it's probably like a loaded question, I'm curious how that may have shaped your view of yourself in addition to like how you navigate the world. That is a very loaded question. <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, with my mom being black and my dad being white, um, normally I, if I had pigment, I would be a mixed girl, but I don't have pigment. So people view me as just being white, but I never viewed myself as being that way. And so because I viewed myself as being a black female and I always took after my mom and I actually, people will tell me, well, you don't look like a black albino. And I'm like, what is that even supposed to mean? I I look exactly like my mom, actually. (laughs) Um, But it's, I struggled finding where I belong in this world because of it, because I gravitated towards wanting to hang out with people who I thought were more like me, Mm. but I wasn't always accepted. And so I've had to, throughout the years, go on and learn and to surround myself with the people who accept me and support me for who I am and what I am doing. And so that has made me a happy person. So it's, it was a struggle at first, but I've just been trying to stay positive, especially around these times. Yeah, for sure. And surround myself with positive people. Yeah. yeah, I think it was something interesting that you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were saying that, like, basically, 
when you were trying to surround yourself with people who look like you, that doesn't, that didn't necessarily mean that you felt accepted and that they accepted you. Mm-hmm. Correct. Wow. Yeah. And so you yeah. kind of had to go on this journey of like, just because folks look like me and I think they share the same journey. It doesn't mean that they do. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That makes me think about, this is like another question to that answer. It makes me think about um, like your people, like have you, how have you, um, I kind of found like your team of people, like your support people, or do you have people that you consider like your go-to people? And what has that been like over the years from, you know, you being a child into you reaching these accolades where you are now? Yeah, my go-to people are always my family and a few close friends. It's always my mom. My mom is 100% my best friend. (laughs) And just because we haven't totally traveled the same journey, she totally understands where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. And because, because she has been taking this journey through being, um, having a disabled child with her. So, um, it's helped to shape who I am in many ways. And I give all thanks to her and, and the rest of my support team as well, because without them, I don't think I would be where I am today, honestly. Yeah. Your mom sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the way you talk about her. My so, mom is an amazing woman, definitely. Yeah, I can tell. So when we research you, what pops up more than often is limited sight, limited dreams. And I was just curious about this quote, like, how was it born? How did you come up with it? Like, it just sounds, wow. So I want to hear more about it. <laughs> limited sight, limitless dreams came to me one day out of nowhere and I thought about how I rarely let anything stop me from what I've wanted to do in life. I, like I said, I've always been athletic and I've tried playing tennis and volleyball, basketball. And when I started those sports, I didn't necessarily think that, oh, I can't do this because I'm visually impaired. I tried it anyways and if it didn't work out then it didn't work out then I just moved on to the next thing I never tried to sulk about it or anything so and I didn't realize that until that day and it just hit me that just because I have limited sight doesn't mean I have limited dreams as well so my my dreams are limitless and I'm going to go and chase them and do whatever I want to do and not let anything stop me yeah, I love hearing that. That is most definitely a word. Um, so, um, I know you talked about you kind of just trying everything, right? You, if you want to do it, it sounds like you try it, even with uh, the crochet, like you're teaching yourself that. Um, would you say that being an athlete has helped you in life? And if so, how? It's helped me in so many ways because. When I was younger, I was super shy. I didn't talk to anybody I didn't know well. Um, I was that little kid who held on to my parents' leg and didn't let <laughs> let go. <laughs> and it wasn't until I joined the track team and that kind of opened me up and I found people who were, you know, just 
going towards the same goal I was, and that was just trying to be great at something that you loved, track. So um, it was thanks to track and the people that are in it that helped open me up and shape who I am. People don't believe me now when I say that I used to be a really shy girl. And they're like, no, because you're so talkative. We can't get you to shut up now. <laughs> um, so I... I don't think I would be the person that I am today without track and field and the people who are in it and who I've surrounded myself with. So, and I love who I am today and I wouldn't change it for anything. Kim, do you feel like, cause I feel like I have a lot of conversations with people and we talk about like self-love and loving yourself. And I feel like for me, I've come to find that it's a forever journey. Like there can be parts of the journey where it feels good. You got this. And there's parts where it's just like, I don't have this. Um, and then there can be that gray area where it's like, I'm still working toward um, loving myself more. Can you tell like a little bit about your journey? If it was a journey where you're finding yourself now, because I know you've like talked about how you really love yourself now. And I just want to hear a little bit more about that. Loving myself has definitely been a roller coaster and it's not always going up. Um, it's like I said, it, it, I talked to my mom a lot and she's been my biggest support and helped me through most of my lows. And um, <sighs> It's, I've had to learn to self-talk and that's a part of being an athlete. You have to be positive with yourself and um, have those positive voices in your mind even before you race and during you race and afterwards, doesn't matter what the outcome is. You have to learn to, for, you have to learn self-positive talk mm -hmm. and it's thanks to, to track and having to do that constantly is that where I learned to do that in my day-to-day -day life as well. So like I said, it's still a roller coaster and I'm not a perfect person by any means, yeah. but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a journey. Yeah, I'm sure. Thank you for even opening up and sharing about that, like the self-talk piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, we talk about affirmations a lot, but I think that, you know, self-talk for affirmations are a little different, or I would say a lot different. And so I think that that is a, a crucial piece of like confidence and even just to getting to know yourself more because somebody can tell you all day something is great about yourself, but if you're not telling yourself that, you know, it's really hard to believe it. So Definitely. I think that's... We haven't talked about self-talk. That's something we got to talk about more yeah. on our podcast. <laughs> um, so, I'm sorry, go ahead, Myra, what you saying? I was saying most definitely. I was going to ask him, as I have like another follow-up question. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the like statements that you go to to help yourself um, if you're having a hard day or a rough day? I was just curious about that. Like if you have any go-to statements. Um any go-to statements that's it really depends on each individual situation and I have to go back to track because that's my life but um for example in 
Rio de Janeiro in 2016, I've always been afraid of running the 400. And I know that my coach had been preparing me to run faster than I ever had before, but I haven't been able to execute it in a race. So before getting on the line for that race, I had to tell myself that I am trained for this. Mm -hmm. I am trained to go faster than I ever have before and to be confident in myself and just go out there and do my thing. Like <laughs> I can do this. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's just reminding myself of what I'm capable of doing and going out there and doing it. And when I start to battle myself, like, well, but there's this that happened. I have to stop myself in my tracks and say, nope, <laughs> you are being positive. This is the time to be positive. Take deep breaths and just go about just keeping the positive thoughts in my mind. So really it is very situational in what is going on in that moment. Yeah. It sounds like you're very um, mindful and very like present in present moments is that something you've like practiced because like what you're talking about are things like I find myself teaching my clients as a therapist all the time and they struggle with grasping and hearing you like talk about it and actually use it I'm just like I'm actually blown away because I feel like I tell them <laughs> all the time but I don't know that they're actually applying it so I'm curious like did you go to therapy and your therapist taught this to you like was it your mom like how did you how are you doing this it's been a mixture of it all honestly um it's it took a lot for me to have the self-positive talk a long time I went through therapy before uh, my mom also tells me for to talk positive to myself my coach tells me to and each year at the at the beginning of the year before our season starts we're required to fill out these forms for season saying okay what can you do mentally and to help better yourself for your races and so I really that's when I remind myself like okay Kim this is what you need to do and you need to continue to do this so it's not it definitely starts at the beginning of the year and it starts to trickle down but I seem to do it more when I'm about to hit that 400. I know when I'm about to run a 400 meter race, I have to start like two days ahead of time, <laughs> the self-positive talk yeah. to really ingrain it in my brain that you are good, you got this, no matter what happens, we can recover from it. And it, it was a journey to get here and it's, I'm still definitely working on it and it's not easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely talked to a therapist before and they're the ones who introduced it to me in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I didn't gravitate towards it at first. I didn't grab onto it and I didn't think that it would even help me. But the more I started to do it, the more I noticed a change in how happy I was every day because of it. Yeah. And and that's what I, I loved about myself. And when I started really noticing it is when I was like, okay, this is good. I like this. I like who I am. And I need to continue doing this for myself and myself only. Yeah. Nice. 
I like hearing that because I feel like I don't know if my clients are actually applying what I'm telling them. So to hear that you're actually applying it, maybe they'll apply it too. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and this thing of like, you know, sometimes just the first time we try, it might not feel like it's helping, but like the more you like get into a pattern, the more you instill it into life, you're like, wow, okay. I didn't think this little self-talk was working, but I see that it is. So like consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Consistency is key for sure. Right. <laughs> okay. So I was thinking like, I hear you talking about um, like, you know, self-talk and, and therapy and just things you've been doing to continue growing. How uh, would you describe other ways that mental wellness kind of shows up in your life? Um, that's a good question. (laughs) Take your time. (laughs) We might have to come back to that question, if that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much have answered it. I mean, when you talk about with track, like the beginning of the season, you said that your coach kind of has you everyone it's kind of like a mental health goal that's kind of how I think of it It sounds like they they make you they make you all have a goal for your mental wellness and so it sounds like that's for sure a way that it that it has shown up um so I don't want you to have to think too hard but it was just (laughs) that I was kind of thinking just like you know I'm always interested in how people are thinking of their mental health mental wellness in general so um yeah um, so at the very end of our podcast, um, you know, we, we like to give our listeners takeaways from the episode. So if you have any takeaways for our audience, what takeaways would you give them? Um, I wrote something down here. Let's see. Um, I would tell people don't always assume that the people that you're around are as they appear to be Mm. and to always strive for the things that you're passionate about no matter what hurdles may lay in your way nice did you make those up (laughs) it took a little bit of thinking but yeah I thinking back on the situations that I have been whether it's regarding track and field and my quote-unquote disability um, those are the things that I live by and tell the people closest to me that you know don't don't let anything get in your way obviously you can do it it when you're passionate about something and you really want it it's going to take time and effort but it can be done for sure and I always, I I want, you know, everybody to be happy and why not? So I want to help create a positive, happy world. Absolutely. Um, I know, I know where we already doing the takeaways, but you just kind of sparked something in my brain. I was thinking about this because you said quote unquote disability. What do you think Mm -hmm. about this term? And like, how do you navigate that? Is it another word that you use to describe like your experiences or, you know, like, is that a, a term that you have like welcome like what do you think Kim? I use the word disability but 
I don't necessarily like to use it to describe myself because I think I'm capable of doing everything that everybody else can do. It may take a little bit more time and effort and more thought out ways to do it, but I can definitely do it. Um, I, yes, I have more obstacles and people with disabilities have more obstacles in their way, but I just view it as a challenge and don't think of it as a disability in any way. Thank you for bringing our awareness to that because I feel like we need to have these conversations because they're super important. Yeah, definitely. Thank <laughs> is, is there anything that you wanted to ask or add? Um, no, I just I have to tell you when I googled you, I seen your pictures and like your hair. You have like this, like you had like these blue, uh, like I want to say or highlights or something. Oh, and I was like, this is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is that your is that your color like blue? Um, that I <laughs> dyed my hair blue for the games to match kind of my uniform. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And I try to do something fun with my hair every big competition that I go to. So I'm trying to think of something cool to do for Tokyo. So if y'all have any ideas, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I have a blank canvas here. So <laughs> I'll be on the lookout for that. I can't wait to see what you do with it. <laughs> Kim, are you from <laughs> yeah. California? I am from California. Where are you from? Say that again. I'm sorry. What area are you from? I'm from Northern California, so the Sacramento area. Nice. How long have you been in San Diego for? I've been in San Diego off and on for oof, uh, since 2015. Okay. So I lived at the Olympic Training Center 2015 and 2016. I moved back home and I finished my degree in 2017 and 2018. And then I came back at the end of 2018 and been here ever since. <laughs> so it's a lot of back and forth. Do you like San Diego? I love San Diego. It's awesome. I do miss all four seasons though sometimes, but <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And um, we'll be posting this episode tomorrow. So we'll make sure we tag you and send you all the things. So you'll be hearing from us again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And I have to give a shout out to Isaac for appointing me to you guys because this is awesome. I, I love listening to podcasts. So I'm definitely waiting to share it to everybody. <laughs> all right. So um, y'all, I absolutely love um Kim's vibe in general, uh, she just has, like, a really peaceful, like, serene, like, just vibe, but as we were talking, this whole entire episode, I just kept thinking about intersectionalities, and intersectionalities uh, is a term that was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw, and basically, it's just saying that, you know, especially, we all do, but talking about Black women, we have so many different pieces of us. Um, that is beyond just race and gender. You know, we have um, our physical capabilities. We have, it's just, we, we are combined with so many different things. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm not explaining this well right now, my brain is a little, 
But if you want to look into Kimberly Crenshaw's writings, you can find her on Amazon. You can even just search her. You can find some free PDFs that explain intersectionality a lot better than I just did. But <laughs> for sure, listening to Kim today, it made me think about like, we, we just have so many different pieces of ourselves um, that a lot of times we don't get to talk about or that people don't really think about when it comes to Black women in general. So... Yeah, that's my little piece for today. What about you, Myra? I think to best describe intersectionality, I think of it as, think of if all your cultures, all the pieces of you, because oftentimes we think about culture, we think about race, but it's mm-hmm. more than that. So like even being able-bodied is like a part right. of the culture, right? And being like a black woman. So being black and being a woman. So those intersect with each other. So mm-hmm. think of like all the things that represent your culture in like a pot and how they intersect with each other so that's just basically intersectionality an easy way to describe it um what i'm going to share this week is mytherapycards.com and this card deck has been carefully curated by a psychologist she's a woman of color and the intention is to help other women of color grow and elevate in areas of their life whether it be emotional or mental health and i've been hearing really good things about the deck um so i'm planning to check it out so i'll let y'all know once i check it out but yeah that's something to check out as far as like giving you things to think about while you're at home it gives you journaling prompts tasks for you to do and there's different types of decks there's that deck and i also wanted to share about the skin deep and the skin deep has decks for you to do on your own and also do with a partner to do with friends and it's just all about having conversations that are further than the surface so That's all I have for this week's episode. And um, we wanted to do this episode in honor of Disability Awareness Month, just having different conversations with um, different people. So we'll have another episode. We're going to have our first male guest on. So we'll be continuing that conversation with him. He'll be able to tell a little bit about his background. So that's it for this week's episode. And be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And thank y'all again for tuning in.